Industry Town is brought to you by John Rosenfeld Studios. Today's guest is the one and only Bethany Lind. Bethany and I met working on the set of Reprisal on Hulu, which is now out, all episodes. You also might know her from her recurring roles on Ozark and Doom Patrol and the Stephen King feature Dr. Sleep. Uh, Bethany was in town for the premiere of Reprisal, and she came to the show to talk about her experiences being based in the Southeast Market in Atlanta. She lives there, she works out of there, and uh, I got to ask all sorts of questions that I have about what it's like to be a working actor living in the Southeast. So yeah, I hope you enjoy. And with that, here is Bethany. Lock it up. Very quiet and still. Ready. Scene one, take three, A mark. Think. Yeah, that waveform looks good. A real waveform right Hooray, there. Waveform. Waveform. Party waveform. Okay, well, <laughs> we are going to get started. So, Bethany Lind, welcome to Industry Town. Thank you, Brian Norris. So, we met uh, working on a new Hulu show called Reprisal, which drops when? Tomorrow, December 6th. Where do you get it? You get it on? You get it on Hulu. We're doing our promotion job yes. right now. It's yes. happening. And it's all the episodes at once, right? They're not holding any of them back. All 10 drop on Friday, which will be, I guess, already out when this comes out that's true it will already be out and we will expect everyone to watch all 10 yes. instantly and give us their in-depth uh thoughts yeah hopefully yeah fan that's art fan art yes oh my god that would be amazing <laughs> some like animated very cool edgy stuff for it yes so um i want to start with uh so you are were you born in atlanta or is that where you kind of found yourself I was born in Birmingham, Alabama. Ooh. I lived in Florida till I was about eight. Okay. And then I moved to North Carolina when I was eight and lived there through college and then moved to Atlanta right after college. And for college, did you do theater and acting there? I did. Where was that? Campbell University, which is... In the middle of nowhere, North Carolina, in Bowie's Creek. Bowie's Creek. <laughs> the great metropolis of Bowie's <laughs> Creek. With one, we, we got one stoplight, and then they took it away. Oh, downgraded. Yeah, they just didn't need it. <laughs> like, nobody needs <laughs> Everyone's just here. waiting here for Yeah. <laughs> Was everyone just running it, just because they didn't give a shit? I think so, yeah. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so, look, I, I come from Berkeley. I come from California, bustling... Mm -hmm. All these industries are in your face all the time. You don't feel that far away from Hollywood. Right. So how is it someone growing up in Birmingham and places <laughs> that don't even have stoplights that thinks that's realistic, that that's a place that I can actually go? How does it happen for you? Uh, I still am not there. Like, I still don't think it's realistic. <laughs> I still don't believe it. Um, yeah, no, I, I just, I majored in theater because I didn't know what else to do. I was like, I like acting. And I was also homeschooled. Okay. So I didn't even like, like I did my big church plays and I did a little community theater, but I did not like, I didn't really know that much going in. I wasn't like a, I'm going to go to this school and be a Broadway star. And I just like, I didn't know. You know, they say that about like Emma Stone, that apparently in high school, she sat her parents down with a PowerPoint presentation and uh, she explained exactly how it was all going to work. And amazingly, uh, she was pretty much right. That, uh, like the, the time frame of when she would become a movie star and when she'd win an Oscar, oh all of that goodness. was on there and she saw it. And so you're saying that kind of the opposite. Amazing. Oh, yes. You the get to kind of live in denial of that. Absolute opposite. I, yeah, I I was like, this is fun. And then I went, when I got to Campbell, I, I actually had some really great professors. I mean, there were two. There were always only two professors, but. <laughs> but they were great. But they, yeah, I had some good ones in there. And um, I took like my first acting class and realized like, oh, this is like a serious thing. This is, this isn't just, you know, memorize your lines and make people laugh. This is, oh, there's like a process to this. And I really, I was drawn to that. And do you remember any first aha moments or like, oh, this is acting technique or acting being taken more seriously? Hmm. I, I mean, I remember the second play. It, the The great thing about going to a small school is like I was on the main stage my freshman year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so so I was practicing all the time, which was great. Um, I, I think it was 
it was probably in in rehearsal processes just realizing that that oh 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 I'm oh I make a choice and then like oh I get to make that choice but I work with these people to make the choice and um I I I do remember I did Blythe Spirit I was mm-hmm. the maid and um uh I remember I got exit applause one night and I was like are you kidding like, oh, I am addicted. Right <laughs> so I think I've gotten exit applause like twice mm-hmm. since then. <laughs> My mom likes to tell the story that at the preschool play of Alice in Wonderland, <laughs> I played either Tweedledee or Tweedledum. <laughs> and apparently I got some kind of reaction as I'm leaving the stage and then came out for more. Because I was like, oh, they're not, they're not done with me. And then uh, at the right. curtain call same thing of just like everyone else is bowing and they're leaving and I'm just and bowing to you and, to you and thrilled for you all in the back and just the bug was very very early for me with that just like That's oh no great um so how do you get from uh Campbell Hall Theater School mm-hmm. well actually first favorite role you played in college anything Ooh, that felt like college. kind of defining or informative for you yeah I I did this play called Painting Churches by T- Tina Howe, I okay. believe. Is that I how you say your name? Howe? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a little three-person play and it was actually one of the senior directing students, you know, senior project. And um, I honestly I don't even remember that much about the plot, but it was, you know, it was like a main role and an interesting um, parent-child relationship. And I got to dye my hair for it, which, you know, for me, it was like, oh, I'm really, I'm doing it now. Like, I'm changing my appearance. Wow. You're, this you're really is Daniel Day-Lewis now. This is it, yeah, yeah. Did um, your parents respond to you wanting to do all this? They, they were totally supportive. They, um, they I, I don't think they knew, like, what to make of it. And I think... <laughs> You know, I think they probably thought like she'll she'll probably get married to somebody who who has a real job and and you know if if she doesn't she'll figure something else out. Um, yeah, none of us were in the arts industry in any like nobody in my family is. Your parents do. My dad, well, my mom homeschooled us at the time. She That's she a hell of a job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there were five job. of us, so yeah. Whoa. Um, and she she teaches now, but um, and my dad worked for AT and T, and then he started his own business selling microscopes. He's he's an entrepreneur. He's constantly sort of, fun, which which helped me like see somebody kind of figuring it out, like not being. Uh, like realizing he wasn't fully happy in this job and realizing like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to make my way doing this new thing. I can be my and, own boss. I can yeah. make my own career happen. Oh and yes. Can, and you also probably saw what it meant to be responsible for that. Right. Cause there's an easy sell of that of, I'm not going to be on your calendar and I'm going to be my own boss. And then there's actually the work of being the boss and of the employee doing it. and keeping and supporting the five and kids. <laughs> five kids. Holy cow. Um, yeah. What's homeschool like? Well, it's the only thing that I knew. Um, for for me, I liked it because it was a lot more free time. Like I was done with my school by noon. It was a lot. I mean, it's a lot of self motivation. Um, but uh, but I I loved. It. I was I was a gymnast, so I was in the gym like three hours a day, and so um, I loved that I I did school, and then I had like time to play or read my own things and then go to gymnastics for a while. And it seems like you're really set up to actually live a bit of the life of the actor. It's, it's, uh, yeah. You're like gonna, not realizing it. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I'm going to put myself in the intense study time. I'm going to commit to doing the work and learning the lines and getting the script and figuring out my choices and mm-hmm. doing all of that. And then I'm also going to go play and I'm yeah. going to be creative and I'm going to hold myself accountable to all of those things. Yes. Okay. So homeschool, does that ever, do you feel like that ever leads to you when you are in like a group environment like a set Mm -hmm. a lot of people have had high school as a place to kind of figure out some of those social dynamics or college and things like that do you feel that that ever helped you hurt you or was a different kind of learning curve um for a time maybe I mean I I was always in social settings at the same time we went to a big church I was in gymnastics 
um, we had, there were like, there's lots of homeschool groups and things now. There weren't as many when I was younger. I'm, I'm one of the pioneer homeschoolers. (laughs) Please, that character so much more. Um, yeah. So there wasn't as much when I was, was growing up, but there was some, um, but, but I would say I, in college, I was like, I had a I had a wonderful group of friends and um, they were probably very forgiving of some of my <laughs> social missteps and uh, we'll get into it in a minute. But that <laughs> means there's like just a little bit in common with your character on the show, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Someone figuring her way out just a little bit who maybe hasn't had some of the same experiences yes. as the people around her. That is so true. Oh, okay. I love that. <laughs> well, we're gonna get more into that. Watch reprisal on Hulu. Um, okay, so you get to college. That's a great experience. Where do you go? You don't go to New York. You don't go to mm-hmm. LA. So what was the kind of out of college plan for you? Yeah. So I was dating this boy named Eric Mendenhall. And he was also a theater major. And we both, after college, we both um, just started auditioning at like, um, uh, what's it? oh, SETC, which is like the Southeastern Theater Conference. And we were, we were like, you know, doing our thing. Like going to auditions an in the southeast. Young couple taking yes. on this industry uh, together yes, in the southeast. Yes, and honestly, at that time, like on camera work, like film, television, I don't. It never even crossed my mind. Like I never thought that I would transition to that. But so you thought um, it was I'll make a living being a theater actress. I don't. I don't know if I thought I would make a living. I don't. Maybe. I don't know what I thought. I just thought. Like I, I can survive on so little right now by myself. I'm going to just keep doing it while, while I can. And so we both ended up doing like educational theater tours, diff- different ones. And we uh, did that for about a year. And then we're like, let's just do it together. Let's get married and do it together. <laughs> I love it. It's, it, it's so naive in a lot of ways, but uh, thank God and all that is good that it worked <laughs> out well. Um, so, yeah, seriously, this did. podcast takes a turn if you're like, and that didn't work out. <laughs> jerk, and I had to figure out a new part of end. my life. And anyway, <laughs> no, this is a much happier story. Yeah. Now. So, you're doing theater, and this is still, where are we now geographically? We're doing theater. So, so at that point, we were doing tours. So, we okay. were just like, we would live with our parents when we were home. Great. Um, so, we got married, and we're like, okay. Uh, event, like New York is probably the goal eventually, but we had, we've had a few friends move there who just, you know, they're just in their day jobs. There's no, like, surprisingly, I felt like I got a good education at Campbell, but no connections. So, (laughs) yeah. So, um, we had one friend in Atlanta who was who was in theater, and we're like, okay, we'll move to Atlanta. We'll live there for a few years. We're gonna build up our resume. This is where we started to get a little bit more of a plan, or where I started to get yeah, a little bit more of a plan. Building a resume, yeah, a plan there, yeah, yeah. Like we need a resume now. I didn't have a PowerPoint with an Oscar in it, but yet, um, yeah, <laughs> yet. you can surprise your husband when you come. Yeah, back. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we went to Atlanta, and. Um, and we were like, okay, we'll be here for maybe three to five years and then go to New York. And um, then the film industry came to Atlanta. When were you aware of that? Um, I, uh, so it was about hmm, somewhere between eight, eight and 10 years ago that the, the tax incentives passed and um, I was doing a play uh, at the Alliance Theater and and my husband like booked his first little, you know, we had agents, but it was for um, like, maybe you'll get a little commercial or an industrial and you can, you can act because we had day jobs at the time. I was like, so maybe you'll actually like make a little more money acting. And, um, but he booked his first role in um, Ben 10 Alien Swarm. And we were like, he's going to, he's going to be in a, in a movie that people can see. (laughs) No, still no, still no, like, (laughs) no, people are going to actually witness. But yeah, like, like our parents are going to be proud of us. (laughs) 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 No, I give them a hard time. (laughs) uh, Both of our parents have always been like, they've always been so proud and supportive and always so like, 
are you guys are okay, right? You're still, you're good. You're okay. You don't need any money. Okay. All right. Cool. Keep, keep doing it. Um, and yeah. And then another, a, a guy I was working with, um, on, in the play, uh, his name is Jason McDonald. He, he, he and his wife are, um, uh, more, more entrenched in the industry. And he was like, yeah, there's going to be a lot of things going on. And he was asking me about my agent. And, um, at the time I, I just, I was like, I don't know, I guess. Uh, yeah. And he was like, you need to like, you need to sit down with him and like, you need to really get yourself out there. You're really good. And you should be like, you should be doing this. You should, they should know you. And, um, it was nice of him to do that, to kind of give you that moment of this is the time to kind of take it a little bit more, to be aware to take it more seriously as yes. this starts to come in and to yes. be on the, uh, the learning curve part of that before everyone else has jumped on that and actually be establishing relationships with people as it's growing rather yes. than after it's the cool place to be. Yes, yes. I'm so grateful for that he did that and I've, I've thanked him for that. But thank you again, Jason. Um and he, yeah, so, so he sort of, um, mentored me to a degree of, of just like, you know, this is, th- these are the kinds of things you should be looking for. And this is what, you know, so you should that, be. What, what did you start doing at that point? So, so weirdly, I, I booked, um, a, a little role on, on, on Drop Dead Diva, mm-hmm. um, I, I, so, so what was happening was I was with like two different agents i was like one commercial and one film tv mm-hmm. which isn't really a thing in atlanta like I, that's is that more of a thing here it's much LA? more a thing yeah here. that's what i thought but but in atlanta it was kind of it's kind of silly especially at that point and, and i don't think anybody do, does it now but um so he was like why don't you just pick one and and be with them so that you can like focus focus on on that and so i did and um yeah, I got a little role on Drop Dead Diva, which was, it was um, directed by Melanie Mayron, who was coming back that summer to direct Mean Girls 2. Ooh. 2. Did you? You've seen it, right? You, I, you watch it I've a lot. I've seen the original. You watch, you watch Mean Girls 2 a lot. Oh, all the time. <laughs> all the, I'm streaming it on my phone during this interview. I know. Are you in Mean I, Girls 2? Oh, yes. And I, like, I mean, it's kind of strange. It's one of the bigger roles that I've had um and it was like right away wait hold on back one second is it mean girls 2 and like a colon and then like even meaner this time it's college i mean is there any kind of subtitle for that because any sequel uh, ever since speed 2 cruise control i just like there's 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 so much good for the world that you could find in there okay i would there might be but i don't know Okay. I don't think there is. I think it's just Mean Girls 2. And unfortunately, Tina Fey was not involved in this one. What was she doing? I don't know. Writing the musical, probably. Apparently. Um, so, so I was in that. And it was, I mean, for me, it was, it was a great way to just jump right in and be like, okay, so this is how this side of things work. And thankfully, Melanie like knew I was from theater and she was very kind and generous and helpful to me with like even understanding like you can't you can't always run over people's lines or um because we got a cut mm-hmm. between things and just very just the beginnings of understanding that side of the world do you feel like you needed to change your approach or your work in any significant way for camera i guess mm-hmm. to really uh, to use an image for it is it uh, I'm still making the same art? It's just some slight adjustments, or it's the difference between pastel and watercolor. Like I really have to. It's a different skill set. I'm wondering mm. where that lands for you. Now, now I would say um, the process of getting there is like that of uh, uh, pastel and watercolor. Like the process is very different for me if I do a play or if I do a an on-camera role. Break that down for me. Oh no, Brian. Let's teach a class right now. No, no, not teaching a class, but from your experience, what's the difference versus, you know, you're going to do a Tennessee Williams play or you have this Mm -hmm. role in reprisal. Why and how are they different? Hmm. Um, okay. For, so, so between doing a play 
here's here's the experience I've had in the last couple of years. I, I the last play I did was two years ago, um, which is a long time for me. I miss the stage. She's shaking right now. <laughs> She's sweating. I miss She's it. an addict. I miss you, theater. Um, and then I got the opportunity to be a lead in a feature film. So that was a new experience and a different process. And then I got to be in all 10 episodes of Reprisal, which was its own new experience and process. So I would say I actually approached the play and the film in a similar fashion of just, honestly, what I do is I just read the script as many times as I can. I just read it and read it and read it, depending on how much time I have. And then I... um. And then I go through and start um, maybe marking beats, maybe just like writing down inner inner monologue thoughts on the side. Um, With the movie, I had a notebook and I was just like just writing backstory, just like anything any little weird detail I could give her of um, who she was, where she came from, how she saw the world. Um, now reprisal. Okay. As, as you know, you are just getting the scripts as they come. Mm-hmm. And, and you get like usually a week or two before, or, or maybe not that long. <laughs> the two not. weeks is two weeks is generous. Um, so, I mean, I was finding out things about my character in episode six that I was like, well, this would have been nice to know in episode two. <laughs> so, so my mind was blown. I was like, oh, this is a whole new process. So I'm, so I was just like, okay, I'm just going to give her, and I would, I would do kind of the same thing. Like I, I gave her a backstory and, and, you know, relationships and just, things that color in between the lines find something that feels real to you yes all of that i think of a lot of this kind of character work as like building equity with the character that like Mm. each one of those thoughts each one of those ideas who knows whether they're a great one or one that you will never think about again yeah but it's almost like a a, like a dollar on that down payment on that person and eventually you've you've put a lot into that yes eventually you really do have something to show for it where if you thought about any one of those ideas it might just be wispy and disappear in the wind and not matter but all of them together i've created this person and this person has all of these intricacies yeah i see them yes that's a great analogy that's a perfect analogy (laughs) (laughs) um okay so how did you, did you ever have like a, holy shit, I don't know who I'm playing? Or did that ever lead to any kind? Is there panic for you? Or is mm-hmm. there always this kind of, I'll figure it out? I'm a pretty, I'll figure it out person. So I think, I think I was able to, to keep that. Um, there, there were moments of like, oh, maybe I, you know, maybe I shouldn't make her so detailed. Maybe I should just wait. And then I was like, no, that's the like that's the whole what's the, who who said that like that um that what is uh what's the quote specificity is the or generality generality is the is the thief of art this is a great quote oh, i'm this doing is good. great this i'm is doing good right so now. good this is amazing <laughs> well, what i will do is find that quote and i'll put it in the show notes and okay. it's one that i've heard too but basically yeah. it boils down to don't be fucking general be no, super specific of right of course <laughs> yes and so I just decided, yes, like keep doing what you're doing. And I'm so curious to see it now because, you know, I wonder if, I wonder if, you know, when the fans watch the show for the third time, um, if like this thing that's revealed in, in later in the season, like if they'll like see it in my eyes in an, in an earlier episode, because it could just be that I'm, I'm thinking about whatever it is, whatever I've layered in. This projection is all of it. Yes. There's that amazing like study or exercise that someone did where they just like took the same image of somebody like looking down at the ground and they just told them that person just won the lottery or that person just found out that their mom died and they Mm -hmm. all believe the exact same thing. Yes. Um, so projection is very powerful. Yeah. Um, I want to talk more about reprisal, but I want to wait just a little bit. Okay. 
I am very interested in like, um, tell me a little bit about what it's like to be an actress in Atlanta, because I know what it's, what Los Angeles is like. I know the culture of classes. I know the, like how people try to get an agent. I know Mm. the, the social circles, Uh, you know, for us like theater, people love it. Uh, you will get $16 a show and that's kind of, you will go broke (laughs) Mm -hmm. doing it. So it's hard for people to really, uh, make a career and a life starting from that. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering a little bit, what is the culture like in Atlanta compared to Los Angeles as far as your experience or how you understand it? Mm. I love Atlanta. I I just love it. I love Atlanta. (laughs) What is it you love so much? Tell me Um, so as far as the, as the actor culture goes, there's a very strong, um, circle of theater actors and that's grown and changed as, and morphed as the industry came in. Um, a lot of them are finding ways to do both theater and film, um, a lot, like I took a step back from theater. Um, I did a few shows after I had kids, but I decided like I can't I can't afford to leave my kids there are a few theaters that that pay like a living wage um but but not an uh, not a living and pay a babysitter <laughs> wage Fair enough. um so I was like okay I gotta I gotta step back and when I work it has to be enough money to to pay a babysitter um both my husband and myself. So, um, uh, so as, as far as the culture goes, it's, it's a very supportive culture. Like I, I spent a lot of, I ended up spending a lot of time in New York, even though the industry was coming to Atlanta, I was still, I would like go get a sublet for, for a pilot season, or I would just, um, I had an agent there for a little while and, I just because I wanted to see I wanted to make sure that that's not where I was supposed to be and um and, it, and granted I like I'm just somebody coming in but but it felt like a more um elbowy kind of kind of place mm-hmm. to me and um I don't I'm, all, I'm also very introverted so like so all the people everywhere was was hard for me. Doesn't seem like New York is your town. It wasn't man. my place. It, I was trying to to let it be, but it wasn't my. It wasn't where I was supposed to be. Um. So, but Atlanta, like, is I, theater kind of the the heartbeat of it, or like the thing that mm, holds most people together? I don't. Not anymore. Okay. Um. I I would say ten years ago it was there. What there weren't any um like. Oh, they're just film actors. Like there weren't because there wasn't any jo- any market for that. Um, now I'd say there are. I mean, there are so many actors that I don't even know. Like ten years ago, I knew like all the actors in Atlanta, all of them. It's <laughs> an amazing concept to me. Yeah, no, it, it's true. And then, but now, I mean, there's there's so many more. But there are great. <laughs> back to my friend Jason so he and and his three partners like uh they started this place called Drama Inc and so and they like educate actors but they're also like building this great community and um there are things like that popping up now where we're finding ways to yeah like we didn't Atlanta actors we don't know all the things about the industry that people that live in LA know like we just we don't have access to it and so they have they they are just helping train people and educate people so I've always heard that there's less of a culture of being in class all the time that New York and LA have and I I always chalk that up a little bit to population and and how long you know Mm -hmm. uh, maybe in 50 years when the industry's been there a lot longer there'll be more things entrenched but it, I also wonder if it's because people are able to get some of their learning done in doing plays. Oh, yes. Because here it's really hard to afford any kind of a life when your rent is $1,500 yeah. a month for a studio apartment while you're working a minimum wage serving job. Yeah. It's hard to find that extra thing. And I, I've always been trying to figure out, like, what is it about Atlanta actors where there is not this, I've got to be in class all the time that at times in L.A. feels like, no, I think we I think we have that a little bit right to work on the craft. And at the mm-hmm. other 
part of it feels like a little bit white knuckled. Like I, I need an answer tomorrow. Oh yeah. And, you know, I don't think either is perfectly right. Right. But I'm fascinated by that where people are getting their fix for that. Yeah. Because people also get their fix for community through their acting classes out mm-hmm. here a lot. Social lives get built around classes as well, hmm. um, which was That's the biggest cool. difference I've noticed when I've gone to New York and taught a couple times is there are people show up, but when their class is over, they're done. Hmm. They're like, oh, I'm going to go live the rest of my life. They don't all hang out and go to the same yeah. bar afterwards and whatnot. Yeah. I, th- I think, I mean, for me, it was th- theater was where I was getting my education. Like, w- yeah, 100%. Um, and, and a lot of community, too. And I would say now, like, I wouldn't say there's a class culture. I don't know many actors who are, like, constantly, constantly in class. But I know most actors, if if they're not doing a play or they haven't booked anything in a while, yeah, they pop in a class. And, um, and there are so many more options and resources for it now in Atlanta, thankfully. So if somebody is in Atlanta and wants to get an agent or meet mm. an agent... What's the process for that? See, that, that's where, like, I mean, like we talked about earlier, I was on the the front end, so I <laughs> got really lucky there. Um, I think it's a lot harder now. The best way is is through knowing people. And a lot of, I, I, I as far as I understand, if you if you get in classes, then, then that's a good way because a lot of the teachers are connected. And so if they feel like, you're ready and and they want to recommend you to somebody they will um so I, mouth I, kind of yeah and that'll uh, usually get you in the door right and and uh, like yeah i know if if i recommend somebody to to my agent they'll they'll meet with them um so it's a little it's not hard um if you have somebody recommend you i i think it's it's pretty easy to get in the door that way if you don't have anybody you have to start you have to do the do the work you you can't I, I don't know of people who are getting like sending in a headshot and getting meetings just I don't know if that's happening anymore because there's just too too much too many so if you are an Atlanta actor does that mean you are a Atlanta actor or are you a Southeast actor are you making mm. yourself available to North Carolina Louisiana Virginia are you mo- are you just as likely to be getting auditions or jobs that shoot there or or is that, do you need a separate, do you find that you need to ask to be included out there or how localized? Uh, I would say that New Orleans is its own thing. So we have, we have some crossover, like we audition for things in New Orleans. But I think if you have an agent in New Orleans or at least somebody who's uh, done some groundwork there that it's that it's better for you okay but everything else like north carolina um i guess it's mostly just north carolina virginia a little bit of virginia um alabama here and there is all through through atlanta but most of it's happening in georgia so like i i don't travel until this year (laughs) i wasn't traveling very frequently it was mostly in georgia how do you mean casting directors there is it entirely through auditioning is there uh, are there general meetings are there workshops i've never done a general meeting um there that's one that drives me crazy i wish that those were a larger part of it i understand they can't meet everybody yeah but i do think that like it's so much easier to get a feel for somebody if you just sit down with them even for five to ten minutes and then at the end great read these three pages with me yeah but it's so hard just off of that one audition or that one i know i know they're the the casting directors who are who are doing uh like almost everything which is um Chase and Tara, uh, what, what are their last names? Finn Cannon. Finn no, Can- not the Finn Cannons. No, they do. <laughs> They're further north, right? Paris and Feldstein. That's who it is. Um, I know them by their their first names. <laughs> um, they they are. I mean, they're doing everything. They're doing Stranger Things. They're doing. Uh, like everything um who handles marvel local casting they do they do most of it um as far as i know um so they what they do is they will announce like a twitter lunch so they'll announce on twitter like we're having lunch at this place this time come meet us and 
that's been a nice accessible thing. I mean, I, I dropped by one, one time, um, and it was like, it was packed. So, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I'd be interested from their perspective, like, was that worthwhile for you? Yeah. But they do it, uh, you know, once a month or once every other month or so. So they like, they, they, it must be doing something for them. It must be helpful for them to, to, to do that. Do actors do a lot of marketing? Do you find mm-hmm. are people sending postcards or care packages or dropping by offices or any of those kinds of, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I, I remember I used to send a postcard every now and then, like if I was doing a, a co-star on something and, um, but I, I don't know that it, that it helped there there are there just aren't as many casting directors and honestly like once they get to know your work that you'll like you'll get you'll be in for the things you're right for for the most part um there's a simplicity to that that i like there's a directness yeah let's take a quick break to talk about horrible haikus horrible haikus is everyone's favorite offensive poetry game uh legit guys i love this game i played a demo of it at my bachelor party it was a huge hit i've played it in a whole bunch of other circumstances and every time it's funny it's a great party game everyone has an amazing time uh basically this is my words now uh it's like cards against humanity but with hysterical offensive haikus there's a prompt card people create haikus from these cards there are so many of them so you never run out uh there's a whole performance angle and it's totally awesome so I'm going to give away one game right now to the first person who tweets at the show after the release of this episode. You can tweet at us at IndustryTownPod. And then also go to the website, HorribleHaikusGame.com. That'll be in the show notes. They have 50% off on the game through the holidays. You can do this and buy something for a secret Santa, for a friend, bring it home for the holidays. You can even give it to your agent. It's a great gift. So check that out. And now back to Bethany. Okay, let's talk about reprisal. Do you remember when the audition notice came in, what the breakdown was? Tell us about that and your part. Yes. So this was, I, I, I actually was thinking about it the other day. I auditioned in, I think it was summer of 2018. Okay. For the pilot. It was like Molly, Molly Quinn, a repressed housewife. So I I should find the description and read it. Um, but I was like, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> Is that a part that you've played before? Um, to, to a degree. Like I was playing, I played a lot of like pastor's wives and like. Um, I see the casting. Just, yeah. It's not the only thing, but I see yeah. it. Fits. Yeah. Oh, always in, you know, relation to a man. Um, and uh, that's failing what, the Bechtel test. Right. Okay. And that's what this was at first, which is so great. Um, we'll get to that, Brian. We'll get to that. We will. It, it also, to be clear, even though the show's out, we are going to do spoiler free. Um, okay. So, so, so Molly, yeah, I get the, I mean, you know, sometimes you get, you get, you read the breakdown and you're like, cool, that'll be fun. I'll try that. But like every now and then I, I get one that I'm like, yeah, I yeah. can do that. <sighs> Um, and, and like, and it'll be fun. Not like, yeah, I can do that. Like I'll use my bag of tricks. Like, like I, no, like I, it, I get something about that. Artistically a little yes. bit all of a sudden. Yes. I like that. It sounds like in your head when that voice comes in, it's like, this is just for you to know. Like it's a secret. Yeah. <laughs> hey, this one might be ours. Yes. I like that. Yeah. Rather than like screaming it to the mountaintops. It's oh, just no. you with a little bit of like extra confidence. Yeah, That's exactly it. I had it with Ozark too. I had five episodes in the first season of Ozark. And that, that was sort of the biggest thing I had done to that point. And it was the same thing. Like when I read the description, she was a pastor's wife, but when I read the description, but she had like this, this kind of steel presence. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I can, I can bring something unique to that. So yeah, that I kind of had that with Molly. I did. I read two scenes, like one from the pilot and one from the second episode. Cause it it a self tape or was it in the room? Oh, it was self tape. That that is the difference I'm learning between LA. We self tape everything. Well, I don't guys, remember the last time I was in a room. <laughs> so that's pretty much where it is in LA right now, unless huh. you have a ton of heat. Okay. Most of my auditions are self tape, and it's become a thing now where everybody has to have a self tape set up in their house. Oh, I mean, okay. For me, it's that back room. I oh, yeah. Does her work out of there, and I coach <laughs> and I do tapes out of there, and that's. 
that's what it what that's it's become. Awesome. Okay. Cause that, yeah, that's what it is in Atlanta too. And do you uh, do that with your husband? Cause you mm-hmm. have, that's gotta we, be nice. We put the kids to bed. We go upstairs for a little romantic self tape. <laughs> <laughs> a glass of wine. Yeah. Maybe sometimes. A, <laughs> why not? Right. <laughs> okay. So you're doing your self tape. Mm-hmm. Um, anything you remember in particular about that? particular self-tape i do i so so the first scene was from the pilot and it was one with that i knew would be with abigail spencer who i was like just a big fan of from rectify yeah shout out to abigail (sighs) incredible she's so great um and then the second scene was from the second episode which of course they didn't know if it would be filmed or not but it's like this very intense um she's not being interrogated but she's being questioned about something that happens And, you know, normally like all the shots are kind of a medium, you know, chest, shoulders up shot. So I told Eric, I was like, I want you to do this one really tight, like, like really, really tight. And, um, so I, we did it just, just a couple times, I think. Um, and I just like had this sort of steely intensity during it and yeah. And it was so fun. And then Josh Corbin told me later, he was like, yeah, I, when I got your tape, I was like, that's it. That's, that's the one. And, um, and he, I mean, (laughs) I don't not, (sighs) I hate saying things. It sounds like I'm tooting my own horn, but it, but, but it, it means something to me because he, he was like, you brought, you brought, you showed me something about Molly tooting your own horn. It, it's what we do. You made a choice. Yeah, and the that's choice what we resonated with the person who you were doing it right. for, and that's kind of the most fulfilling, beautiful part of totally. it. Totally. And and coming from theater, I did like I did a lot of world premieres, so I was like always working with playwrights, which I just loved. I love. It's so mysterious to me what they do, and so having that, finally having that experience on the camera side of things where I'm like, Oh, like I'm informing him. He's informing me like this is actually a collaboration was so fun. So did you get immediate feedback from casting? Was there a call? Where was the callback for this? When did you hear this from Josh? What what happened next? No callback. No callback. Just, just an offer for the pilot. It was like pilot. And then, and if it gets picked up, you'll be in the second episode probably in February. Um, so I was like, cool. Yay. That'll be fun. And I, I've never done a pilot before. So, um, so yeah, I went to do the pilot. I'd actually, somebody else I knew had auditioned for it and had somehow gotten again, like such a supportive community. Two of my friends had auditioned for the same role and they were like so excited and happy for me. And one of them had like somehow she had access to like more of the story and she sent it to me and (laughs) or no, she didn't send it to me. She, she told me about, about what was happening. This is what I've heard. Yeah. might be able to help you kind of fill in some of the gaps. Yeah. And, and so Molly was supposed, and I've, I have permission from Josh to say this, but Molly was supposed to die in the second episode. And so I was like, uh, you know, of course, part of me is like, oh. but but at the same time, I was like, it's such it's a great role. It's going to be it's going to be fun. And and I'll come. I'll do my two episodes. And who knows? Um. So. So, yeah, we, we were filming the pilot and Josh was so kind and like, you know, back and forth. And Jay was giving me some fun stuff to play with Jay that he's an executive producer and directs five of the 10 episodes episodes, yeah which hats off to you sir yeah yeah um and yeah and that's when josh told me he was like you were yeah you you brought you you showed me something about molly that i didn't know yeah we're yeah we're so excited to have you here which you you know of course is coming in is just just a little local guest star like that it's special it means something I, i love that phrase you showed me something about the character that he created. Yeah. And I think that's and probably I'm just our saying job his time, words, right? but yeah. Um, isn't yeah. that really like when you do an audition? Yes. It's honor everything they have and, and show them who that person is yes. alive. That's, I mean, that's what it means by making it yours and, yeah. and making choices. And, and that's, that's when it's the most fun for us. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, do you so, feel like as the scripts kind of went along that you, 
maybe saw that what you were doing with Molly was affecting how she was being written. Yeah. Yeah. To a degree. I feel like that's always one of the most like fulfilling things in the world. I had this uh, really just absurd guest star on a Disney XD show Uh a long time ago where I played Spatula Jones, a celebrity chef. Are you kidding me? What a great name. Right. And uh, I had a gigantic spatula as like my main (laughs) prop and I entered on a hot air balloon. But when I got that audition, I could not, I couldn't make it funny for the life of me. And Uh so I decided I'm going to make him like Russell Brand British because that I could find this absurd character. But there was nothing written about that. It was nothing in there. The whole (laughs) thing was that he was just supposed to be a chef who actually had no idea what he was doing. It was all a ruse. And at the end, it all came crashing down uh-huh. and so for me there was this like oh my gosh i'm spatula jones it's so lovely to meet you and then at the end i dropped the accent and i'm like i'm not a chef i'm not british none of that's written in i thought i'll either book the job or they'll never see me again because like this is a choice and a half that i'm putting on here <laughs> a choice and a half <laughs> which generally probably a choice too far uh but then when i showed up they had written in 20 british jokes there mm. was like a prince harry joke there were every like uh, oh, because you, know, you kind of look like Prince old. Harry. <laughs> well, especially when I was younger, it was, we, we, I got that a lot. I bet. Um, but it was just so fun to be like, oh, they have rewritten this for what I did with it. Yes. And just that to me is one of the most fulfilling things yes. in the the world to get to see. Is because we have so little control over our careers, the content that we actually do, what what we get chosen to do, mm-hmm. and oh yeah. To, to like actually be informing of what, yeah, what goes out into the world. It feels so good. So the shoe was a pretty crazy one, I feel like. It mm-hmm. has a gigantic cast. It has a crazy locations mm-hmm. and uh, kind of creates a whole world. Are there any uh, just kind of particularly fun or ridiculous moments or days on set where you're just like, holy hell, this is my life <laughs> right now? Uh, every day. Every, every day. day on set. Every day. Every day. And you were also doing this driving back and forth from Atlanta, right? Right. Yeah. So we filmed in Wilmington, which is about a like solid six hour drive from Atlanta. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a crazy time. Especially, How often did you make that drive? Uh, people ask me that. I mean, I should, I should like sit down. It was very random because I, I would say I was there every week pretty much, but sometimes I would go for two days or sometimes I would go for two weeks. Sometimes I'd be home for three days. The Did longest you know ahead of time, how long you were going to be gone or was it? No, I mean, I, we knew, we knew from the beginning it would be through early October. So, Oh, so the other part of the story is in like, like I hear the, that the pilot get, gets picked up. I'm like, yay. And I don't hear anything. Don't hear anything. Don't hear anything. I'm like, okay, maybe Molly is just done and, the are you having your reps check in at all? Or are you just kind of not, sitting on it? And not really, because I'm like, that's, you know, let's just let it be. That I mean, that's been a big thing recently of like, just not the white knuckle thing. Like, let's not, if it if it is, if it's more, it's more great. I'm still, I'm, you know, auditioning for tons of other, like, it's all, it's all good. Um, uh, Yeah, but then my agent calls me in June, I think. No, in May, because we started filming in June and is like, you're gonna be in at least eight episodes, and I, and like, I fell on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> that is an amazing moment. Was yeah. your was your agent losing their mind? Yes, yes, he was very. We were all ex- so excited, and you know that's another thing about Atlanta. Like when something big happens, it's like it's a, it's a big deal because it doesn't. It's happening a lot more now. Like just in the last couple of years, I've seen friends do things that I'm like, oh, we never thought that that we didn't think that was going to happen in Atlanta for years, but it's happening now. Um, but yeah, yeah, we were we were so excited. Oh, my gosh. That's got to be. And then probably at some points reality hits and you're like, oh, my God, my kids. Yeah. And you have like chickens to take. Care we do. Of. Yeah. And like actual chickens. I'm, this, I'm yes. not using Southern parlance here. She's no, got no, chickens. I have and chickens she's in my backyard. She's got a <laughs> husband who's also acting. And so that's good. Yeah. How do you manage all that? So we like it, it was a little bit. It was a very limbo world for a while. Like, are we all going to move there? Are we well, like, am I going to go back and forth? What are we going to do? Um, so we finally, like, we were sort of figuring out what it was, like, hearing what it would be. And, and and I was told it would be, like, probably one or two days an episode, like, 
you know, it'll it'll be fun. Like you come in for a couple of days and, and we'll shoot you, you out. Leave. It'll be easy. Right, 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 right. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's just not how television and gets. No, married. no. And and they didn't know like what the scripts were going to hold in later on. So, yeah, there I think there were two episodes where I had one or two days, but the rest were a, a lot more and and like a more, uh, you know, I'd have a day and then a couple of days off and then a day. So it was it was much more difficult going back and forth than I thought it would be. Um, which was, it was hard. Like it, it was, hard. my kids are three and four. And so they're very, um, they don't understand time, you know, <laughs> like, like I'm going to be gone for a day is the same as like, I'm going to be gone for even, even I'm going to be gone for a couple hours is the same as like, I'm going to be gone for two weeks. They, they just don't like, they don't get it. So, so it was, um, yeah, it was difficult. They they are troopers and my husband was like so supportive and just like picking up all the all the slack of like when you have a partnership and one of the partners can't <laughs> fulfill her end of the bar of that part of the bargain and so yeah, we've we've made it. But that's what I was telling you like since since we wrapped, I've been keeping it pretty low key, just like cozying up at home and I mean, you earned it. Yeah, yeah, sure. What's something that you feel like you learned somewhere along the line of reprisal that you didn't know before, either about film acting, about your character? Hmm. I, I, th- I think I probably actually learned a lot of technique things that I can't articulate, but just watch, watching people who are more experienced um, create. I mean, especially a lot of my stuff is with Abigail, so she's... She's done so much TV and created so many roles. Like, I, I can't articulate it, so it's probably not helpful to the listeners. But just watching her um, approach and how I feel she like would I learned a lot watching her. I yeah, mean, she always made sure. Tell me if any of these track for you. Yeah, I feel like she was always very uh, quick to figure out what her business was going to be to figure out how to fill that yes. frame a little bit. And it never was anything particular. It never had to be anything particularly flashy, but it was something to, that always seemed to ground her to a location that mm-hmm. was, seemed very clear to me. It seemed like um, a bit for the genre, which is kind of noir, but also just part of her is that her voice always felt so supportive, but held back just a little. So it almost seemed like there was conflict coming from, within her before mm-hmm. she embraced conflict even within the scene Ooh, that there that's just felt good. like potential energy which that character is i yes. mean she's coming for her revenge yeah and it's really fun to see something that's like a coiled snake that's like who knows when that's gonna fucking pounce yes and then the third one that i got watching her was also that sometimes she'll just start singing She'll just start getting very playful. All oh, of a sudden yeah. you hear this beautiful voice. And yeah, she'll she be singing she's either, a great voice. Like, singing opera for a minute <laughs> or whatnot. But it's like, because the show is um, really fun, but also it, it's serious. Oh, it's yeah. Not like it's intense. Comedy. It's a very it's intense. intense show. Um, the fun is much more for the audience than mm-hmm. always the characters. Mm-hmm. And I think just that like... And we're having fun. It might be two in the morning and, uh, you know, we might have had the set, you know, get shut down because of falling balconies <laughs> and, and falling trees and hordes of a bees beehive. and every single one of these is a true story. But it and it's also like 100 degrees outside at nighttime and we're all sweating, but let's still have some creative fun with it. Totally. And I felt like everyone took a cue from her on yeah. that in a really nice way. Yeah. Totally. I don't know, how, how does that assessment matter? That is exactly what I learned. Thank you for reading my mind. But I, I, those <laughs> yeah, are the that's that I feel a like great I articulation of it. I, I always that's try true. to watch the people who I think just have done this infinitely yes. more. Because whether they're trying to teach it or not, Mm-mm. just watching them do their thing, you're gonna you're gonna learn. Yeah. And then you can just treat it like a buffet and like keep right. whatever the hell you want. Yeah. And uh, and I feel like she was also. Well, she, she, uh, what you're talking about with the, the restraint. Um, so when she lets out something, it's like so shocking and so earned. And, um, I cannot wait to see how that reads in, in the show. Uh, but also, I also feel like she, she, she's aware of like the potential of, you know, 
the five season arc of the show. So, so she's not just playing like one season, like she's building a foundation for however long we get to ride this thing, which, which I love. Yeah. That's awesome. I had a, I had a moment or like, I think it was like the fourth episode where no spoilers. Like I, I do something and I felt like it was a big like turning point for my character. And I was talking to Josh about it. I was like, could we maybe like, like change my hair now? Or like, like this is new Molly. And, um, and he was like, yeah, yeah. Like I'm, Phil, you think of me being excited. <laughs> like I, I hear you, but like this is going to happen slowly over time. Like we can't just like all of a sudden in the fourth episode, we have new Molly. Like we, we're st- we, we still have, have new to, Molly. It's yeah. Four episodes in. Right. Right. We gotta, we, we're going to build this thing. And I was like, Oh, right. This isn't like, I have a mindset sometimes of like, it's, I mean, it's like a scarcity thing when, mm-hmm. when you've been doing co-stars and guest stars for so long, it's like, this is my moment. This is the thing that I can prove myself with. And I, I got to show a whole season of being the lead on a show or something in yeah, one episode right. or in one choice or in one moment, which I don't know I coach a lot of auditions and I would say that's probably the biggest downfall of really wonderful actors yeah. is just trying to do too much with any well, one you're, scene. You're playing the you're playing the role you want to play and not the role. Yes, like exactly. the, the thing you're, you're doing now, like do this, do this now yeah. and don't worry about that. Yeah. So often it'll be like, well, what are you trying to do with this first moment? It's like, well, I'm trying to show that they're this and they're that. Mm. Well, I, I haven't seen that they're anything. Yet. <laughs> like, like tell me the first part of the story first yeah. and then we'll worry about changing them once we know who they are and actually have invested in that. Yes. Were you starstruck by anybody on set or felt like, oh my God, I get to work with this person? Because it's a giant cast full of like amazing people, um, all of whom are really cool to work with. But was there anyone in particular who you like, oh shit. I'm kind of, I'm kind of like uh, a shy person, any, like around any strangers. (laughs) So, um, I, I definitely, I mean, uh, well, like, Abigail was was a big one. I had met her briefly on Rectify, but um and and she remembered me. Like we didn't even have a scene together and she remembered me, which was so that that set me at ease. Yeah. Um and she was so, you know, friendly and kind right away and um yeah, I mean, you know, Rodrigo was in love actually, which you know, I just I watched that movie every year. Um and uh yeah, so like meeting him was a little. Uh, it's a moment. Yeah, yeah. For me, it was uh, Earl W. Earl Brown. Cause oh, I'm a huge yeah. Deadwood fan. I think you actually saw a little of this happen when uh-huh. we were first in that like motel together, and I'm just like, tell me more Deadwood stories. Oh yeah, uh, and, like, and he is, about... loves to tell a story. He's such a good storyteller. Oh, he's an amazing <laughs> storyteller. I'm just hearing him talk about like being in the teepee with David Milch while he's reciting <laughs> these things and what the what the Deadwood movie was really about and what the relationships with HBO were like and wow. the, the poker games that he's like a part of from that. I'm just like, tell me all of it. Yes. Like, I feel like I could just sit there and watch a 10-hour movie of his life. Oh, yeah. Be so thrilled to do it. Yeah. Um, well, we are just about at the end. So um, anything else to plug besides, I mean, that's kind of the big thing right now. What's yeah. your, do you, you have Instagram. You just took a picture of us while we were doing <laughs> this. So what's the Instagram handle? So Instagram is Bethany Ann Lind, Ann with an E. Twitter is Lind Bethany Ann. It'll also all be in the show notes so people can find you there and support <laughs> you. And they should uh, binge watch Hulu and make Molly yes. fan art. And, uh, and I have, so my independent movie is going to be coming out. Tell us real quick. Although I don't know where. So you'll just have to follow me. But what is it called? It's called Blood on Her Name. And it will be out probably in February. Who do you play in that? Year. This is the one that I'm the lead in. And I'm a, the, the, the opening scene is me covered in, well, not covered, but like a lot of blood on my face standing over a dead body. I feel like I've seen. <laughs> You've probably seen You're the image in of blood it. A few, yeah. Okay. Well, I do yeah. get covered in blood and things that's a lot kind of these your, days. That's kind of your typecasting. Yeah, I went from preachers' wives to like 
killer. Flip side of the coin. Yeah. If they're going to yeah. remake Carrie again, <laughs> we can try to get you in. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for coming on thank the show. You, this Brian. has been really fun. And uh, reprisal drops tomorrow on Hulu. Woohoo. Check it out. That's it for today's episode. Thank you to JRS. Thank you to Horrible Haikus. Thank you to Bethany. And thank you most of all for listening. We're going to be back next week with a new episode. But one other thing. We're about to record our holiday and end of year pods. And one of them is going to be with the big guy himself, John Rosenfeld. I want that part of that show to be a mailbag episode. So any questions you have for John or me, send them to industrytownpodcast at gmail.com. Industrytownpodcast at gmail.com and there's a really good chance that we will read it and answer it on the podcast that we are going to do at the end of the year. Until then, grab a copy of Horrible Haikus, uh, check out Reprisal on Hulu maybe, and if you can, please give Industry Town a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, that's it. Break a leg on your auditions this week. Finish the year strong and uh, enjoy your holiday parties and we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>